We're back. How you hey, feeling on this fine this Tuesday? Week. How you Man, feeling on this fine Tuesday? I'm good. It's cold outside. It, like I don't know what, what it is down there in Georgia, but we have um we woke up this morning, it was like raining all night long. The high today is like 48, but it was the slushy stuff overnight, so the roads oh, are terrible. And next week we're getting single digits for the lows. Ooh. So I'm not like it, I'm not it's envious. A, it's a, I'm coming to live with you for the winter. That's fine. Come on I'm down. I got an extra bedroom. You're trying to sell my wife on moving to Atlanta, anyways. It's close to her you hometown. You need her for your Steelers. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not. It's not. Close. I had her here in spirit. She she, she did close. enough for she, us this week. You even got her checking up on you now. She's asking mm. me. I was like, she's like, she's like, is Trey happy that the Steelers made the playoffs? I was like, yeah, I'm sure he is. She was like, I'm still not moving to Atlanta though. She's like, I needed to know they made it without me there so I can tell them that I'm not moving to Atlanta. I told you I had a cardboard cutout of her sitting down next to me. I got that same cardboard cutout, but for different reasons. Oh, okay. You have, <laughs> you got it, bro. But no. I'm glad you're smiling, man. You are in a good mood, man. And and yeah, you got to keep this going, man. But um, I get to talk not- to, we, I get to talk to a buddy of mine later. So uh, Cleveland Browns radio network. Ken Carmen, and uh-huh. he's on 923 the fan host of morning show. So we just lined up with us being in the playoffs. We're trying to get guests on just to share in our joy. Is he so, also an Ohio State fan? Like is it no is it one it, and the same? No, it's one of, he's in Cleveland. So okay. it's it's up there, it's weird. And I wasn't the biggest Ohio State fan, honestly, until I moved to Florida. Like Florida is what did it for me. Um, like the people of Cleveland, like it's on, it's kind of like background noise. Mm-hmm. I'd assume it's like when you live in Pittsburgh, it's the Pirates. and Because in all honesty, my understanding of Pittsburgh is the Steelers and Penguins run that town. Mm-hmm. And the Pirates and Pitt football is just kind of like there. Oh. oh, what is that? What is that? Oh, my God. Is this, does this scare you? You know how you feel about M's, right? I thought Northwestern folks were supposed to be smart. You, your your W is upside down. <laughs> well, I don't know you, what that you is. You wish a W was celebrating the win from last night. But well, it was I don't a know what you're talking about. And this song, which also I don't like this song that much either. But I know you hate it that much worse than I do. So I can't. I can't hear. I don't. Why do you? Why, why do you have a? Cut out for Maine High School that you're putting Maine, across. Oh, really? You're gonna act that naive now? I don't Dude, know what that so is. Let me, let me let me tell you this. So I have other buddies like that are Ohio, Ohio State fans, right? And I know that you guys hate Michigan and not happy. Me being a Big Ten member, me be going to Northwestern, I always root for the Big Ten guys. Although I had Washington winning last night, I didn't think that they would get dominated the way they did. Uh, Penix really. Uh, did not show up. His team did not show up. That O-line got dominated by that Michigan defensive front. So it was a good game by Michigan, good game by Harbaugh. I know you take no joy in that. The Big Ten brought a championship home because Ohio State couldn't do it. But This isn't the SEC, Trey. This isn't the SEC. We don't we don't play these games. Listen, I mean, I, I understand that. We I get paid. We, we get some of that money, too. We get, we get the benefit from the You're money get, that comes to the Big Ten. Golly. Look, I'm thinking about – our illegitimate bastard children that we got to send money off to on the side for the championships that we win. 
It's like Arkansas, hey, the SEC. Look, beggars can't be choosers, man. We're definitely been <laughs> beggars these last few years. Trey says, so we're building tripping. a new stadium. We yeah, got we, stuff to pay for in Illinois. Exactly. <laughs> Chicago's expensive, man. It's, it's the cost of living. You understand all that? We need all that. So, so I, uh, like, No, I had a buddy today. Two buddies. And, dude, like, you guys are – and it, we talked about this. How I am with the Steelers is how you are with your Buckeyes. But I feel like you guys are so nonsensical about the things you complain. So there was a post on Facebook and on Twitter today promoting oh walk-on tryouts. And my cousin, my cousin Matt, the one that you hung out with, uh, got, uh, got all upset because it was on Facebook. I was like, I don't understand. This is something you guys do every year, I'm sure. He's like, no, but they're advertising it on Facebook. It feels like we're needy. I'm like, what? Like, that's really where you guys stand now, where you get Listen, off? This is, this is the Vince Papali Philadelphia Eagles, okay? <laughs> Look how far we've fallen. Dude, First of all, let me tell you, I don't know hey, what you're talking You lost about. one game to the national champion. Like, come on. I don't know what you're talking about, the national champion this morning. I fell asleep before the game started. I didn't watch the game. As far as I'm concerned, the game didn't happen. When the NCAA vacates all these wins for all the cheating that they did, it'll be like it never happened and I didn't witness it. So I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, it's, it, I mean, it's contagious. It's just with all you guys. This is the only time you're not the rich that I know and love, the realistic, <laughs> understanding, like very thoughtful, introspective. When rich, it comes to the Buckeyes? Well, when it comes to the Buckeyes, throw all that out the window. And that's the same for all you fans. And I think it's even worse than the Steelers fans. Yes, we have our soap opera. You're the and same. We are, I mean, it's it's I'm not gonna lie, it's similar. It's similar, but here you guys complain. It's just very similar. Look, the little violin that we played last week. Dude, I want some cheese with my wine. I want some cheese with my wine. It's um look. There are standards, and they are not fair, not realistic standards. This series will never see a 17, like a, a stretch of 20 years where one team wins 17 out of 20. Right. That won't happen in the Ohio State. It'll Unless Michigan gets hit with the death penalty for this. Or Ohio State. I mean, you don't know NCAA-wise what's going to happen there, but it's going to do this. And how I still firmly believe Harbaugh is going to leave Michigan. Mm -hmm. So their next hire is their most important hire now because Harbaugh has now done for Michigan what Jim Trestle did for Ohio State. And he got the program back to relevance. He got them back to what they expect and what their standard is. Problem is, he's going to leave them at a very weird time. I still, I still believe he's going back to the NFL. He's going to leave them at a very weird time with NIL and going to a 12-team playoff and how these conferences are combining. At I see some I see some parallels, man. Didn't um so when Harbaugh leaves, I feel like the natural progression of things. Who's the OC? The one that took over for It'll the Sharon Moore. Yeah, Sharon yeah. Moore. Sharon Moore. I think he'll get the job. I think that's and we'll see him cry after every game oh, like we did. But didn't Ryan Day have to uh be an interim coach for a little bit when Urban didn't Urban have a suspension? Yeah, yeah, Ryan I, Day. I brought that up. I brought that up back when because you can't, unless he took another job, you can't give it to anybody other than Sharon Moore now, right? Just like 
Ryan Day was the guy, you know, when Urban was on suspension. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of similarities. There's a there's a lot of parallels between the two programs. The weird thing is we have these teams coming in from the West now. Yeah, and that changes a lot, a lot of things. How that's going to I'm not I'm I like the Ohio State Michigan game. I'm not the biggest fan of the fact that they could have to play three times a year, at least for the foreseeable future. I like how special it is. When is the Duke North Carolina game this year? I don't know. Exactly. Because they play multiple times a year. When do the Yankees play the Red Sox? Right. They play like six or eight times a year. Exactly. So we're going to water down the rivalry because, A, I don't think as brutal and physical as that game typically is, Mm -hmm. you can't keep it the last game of the season. And then the following week, they got to play each other again for the Big Ten Championship. You just can't do that. And then potentially a third week in the row in the college football playoff or down the line in the college football. I admittedly, I have not studied or researched enough on how they're going to split the conferences Are Michigan, Ohio state going to be on separate sides now. It's, it's just top to bottom. Oh, it's just top. It's just one. Okay. For this year, I believe it's just top to bottom. One place, one place two for the big 10 championship. Okay. So it, now, do I think that's going to happen this year, uh, this coming year? No, because as it stands right now, I can see Ohio State having anywhere from two to three losses. I can see Michigan. Michigan's losing a lot of guys. Yeah, they're losing a lot of that. They're graduating. And, the, and they're yeah, losing and, Corum. They're losing. J.J. McCarthy's probably leaving. And so. Right. So. they got a lot to replace. That's, that's, my, that's, that's my issue with, the, like, how we're going to do the schedule going forward and the rivalry is it's going to get watered down. I could see it if you put one game in late September and then they could still potentially, then you have them on this collision course where you're playing the rest of the season to try to get back to that game for the big 10 championship game. Like, like Oklahoma, Texas. Right. But right right now everybody knows when Oklahoma, Texas is everybody knows when Ohio state, Alabama is everybody knows when Bama Auburn is. And the fact that Ohio state could have, I mean, it's just gonna, that's the one thing I don't like about this. However, Next year, especially for you and I, because we've loved it, once December 1st gets here, it's on like Donkey Kong. We're going to have March Madness in football, and the TV contract for that will probably dwarf what March Madness Yeah. Dude, it's been a long time coming, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. But in the meantime, you Ohio State fans need to get a life, man. Like, come on. Like, be realistic. Be realistic. You guys lost one game to the national champion. Like, show some Listen, props, man. Show some love a little bit. I understand know, this is, this is hard for you. Coming from a place where you play in your high school stadium that seats 17,000 people. It is. Hey, it's going to be 36,000 here in a little bit, okay? <laughs> or maybe like 62. I don't know the exact number, but it will be more. And it's going to look did, really nice. So, I did, get off my I North, did see, don't bring my Northwestern Wildcats into this, okay? You just guys, you guys need to be better. Be better humans, okay? That's what you need to worry about. Better humans. Be better. Why should we? Why should we apologize for expectations and standards? This is what I tell you all the time as a Steelers fan. Don't apologize for your expectations and standards. Embrace them. Live up to them. Find people who do. I do embrace my Steelers, and you know what? Something that really pissed me off about my Steelers. Well, let's get into it. 
now that you piss me off, it, this is going to be a very pissed off show today. Actually, I'm not going to say piss me off. It kind of just <laughs> it, it perturbed me. I was annoyed. Uh, and it all got settled today. Coach Tomlin had his presser, and like any other reasonable, logical coach who has had issues at the quarterback positions for the last two years since Ben retired. And for the first three game stretch, our offense looked competent for the first time in the last two years. And the quarterback that did that was Mason Rudolph the last three games. So like any competent. Can I stop you for one second though? Before, before you go there, let me stop you. Let's not give Mason Rudolph all the credit here. Let's give your positive pants some of the credit. Oh, my positive pants was, definitely aided in this. That was you know? when the oh yeah, that was when the positive pants on change made. Mason definitely picked up his game once the pants went on. But Mason has has played good football, not great, not world breaking football, but good football. And relatively speaking, to the quarterback play we've had the last two years, it's, it has been great. Uh, he hasn't turned the ball over. He's doing what everybody says. Kenny's biggest issue or biggest compliment is. Because there's not much else you can look at what, what Kenny Pickett has done the last two years. He's not putting up big numbers. He's not Our offense isn't scoring under him. But he's not turning the ball over. And he's had some good four, fourth quarter comebacks. Mason is doing all that, plus getting the ball into the hands of our playmakers, scoring points, and we're winning. So the guy who led us to the playoffs, the last when we were on the brink, everybody, when we were 7-7, seven Everybody was saying no. Uh, Steelers probably aren't going to make the playoffs. They need to fire Coach Tomlin. They need to draft a new quarterback next year. All this stuff. Hell on earth for the Steelers. Mason came in. Offense picked it up. O-line picked it up. Running game picked it up. We went 3-0. We're in the playoffs with some help from Tennessee. Beat two, beat two division teams, by the way. Beat two division if, teams. If, if you don't beat the Bengals in that game, the Bengals are in the playoffs and not you. Right. And we fly to Seattle. where a place we haven't had success. And and – we haven't won in like, I don't know, 11 years. And he put up a good, a good game. And our offense as a whole. That was well. his best game. That, that was, was his, his best game. game. And so Tomlin named him the starter. He's going with the hot hand. It's obvious to anybody, I think, that you go with the person that led you, especially when the guy who was the starter, granted, he went 72, but the offense was an issue. And if we really want to delve deep into it, because um, – because the offense was an issue, because we had so many three and outs, because the defense had to win games for us, our defense got decimated the second <laughs> half of this season. And so we had to deal with the culmination of injuries due to the fact they were on the field for so long. And so our defense were playing with third stringers and practice squad guys the second half of the season. We had to put a mixed bag of players in. But Mason came in. We balled out. Coach Tomlin named him the starter for this playoff game. It's logical. Also, on the other end of that, you wouldn't want to put Kenny Pickett in after not playing for a month and a half um, and expect game. him to go to Buffalo and play well. You're sending two different messages. You're saying, Kenny, this is on your back, even though you haven't played in a while. And you're also sending a message to the team, your offensive guys, these young guys, that we're just trying to get experience for our quarterback. We're not necessarily trying our best to win the game, you know. That's what, I, that's what I would take from it. If I was in the locker room, you're putting this guy, not this guy, like our quarterback. Everybody knows Kenny's the future. Everybody knows he's going to be the, the quarterback next year. Coach Tomlin has a lot of faith next in him. Next year, yes. Yeah, he'll yeah, be there next year. Next year. Well, 
the foreseeable future because we don't have another option right now. Barring any point. trade or anything weird right. happening where you bring now, a lot of stuff up, can happen in the offseason. Russell as Wilson stands, or something, yes. As it stands right, right now, now, this moment going forward, Kenny will be our quarterback next year. But Mason has the hot hand. And there's no reason why you would take the ball out of his hand at this point. And Thomas said the same thing. He's going with the hot hand. And so that just that makes the most sense to me. But, you know, Twitterverse, they want to argue. I put out this simple oh, tweet yesterday do. saying that Mason should be the starter, obviously, and people disagreed. Not not a lot of people. I think the vast majority of people, I had to put it 80 to 20, are in the boat that Mason should be started. But those 20% just annoyed the mess out of me. Tell me how you feel. Because this has been my life. And I actually, so you didn't get to be there. Again, I, I it's a phone call, so we'll play it back during this show today. When I talked to Ken Carmen, I brought this up in some of the parallels between what the Browns dealt with. With They called it like the Baker Wars. When 50-50 was trade him, keep him, he sucks, he's good, yada, yada, yada. Um, let's let's call a spade a spade with Kenny Pickett until he proves otherwise. Whether it's his, and I'm done with the excuses, whether it's his fault, Canada's fault, or whatever, right now Kenny Pickett is Tim Tebow as a starting quarterback in the NFL. He has some magic in some fourth quarters. He's got the intangibles. He's got some leadership qualities to him. He's not very good. He just hasn't been very good yet. I mean, simply put. And, yes, the biggest, all the Kenny supporters, and I'm not a full goal Kenny supporter, but I do have faith in the kid that he could. You want him to succeed, though. He plays for your team. Regardless of what what drives me nuts about the Twitter sphere, and I saw this, and you might see this now with the Steelers' uh, social media, and it drove me nuts about the Browns, is there's a certain fraction of people that want players on your team to fail so they can be right. Yeah, it's, it's I, I that's the part that drives me the most nuts. Like they dude, would rather see the guy for their team. Yeah, like this Kenny versus Mason versus Trubisky. Trubisky's not an argument. Though. We all know we gave him all the chances in the world. He's done. He's not going to be a, a Steeler after this year. He gave him all the chances in the world. But, you can lay some of the blame on Trubisky for why Kenny Pickett hasn't been developed properly either, because Kenny Pickett should not have been starting as soon as he was when he came to Pittsburgh. Yeah, but he's did so, because Trubisky was bad. Trubisky was bad, and we all know Canada was bad. We get it. We get it. Um, and oh, it hindered Canada. It hindered Kenny Pickett starting out. We get it. We get it. And he hasn't been able to to play underneath Faulkner and Sullivan, which I do think, as they've gotten uh, used to uh, play calling duties and formulating a, a game plan for the offense, it's gotten progressively better. I see new wrinkles added to the offense that weren't there under Canada. They're starting to put their personality and their imprint on the offense. Kenny has not experienced that. I get it. I get it. Still, Mason has. Kenny was hurt. Mission didn't play well. Mason came in, and he led us to the playoffs. It's simple. And one of the things that annoyed me the most, somebody had the nerve, the audacity, the goal to say, well, you wouldn't be saying this if Charlie Batch was playing. And Ben was coming off injury. <laughs> are you serious? We're going to put Charlie just, Batch in the same category as Ben. They put, yeah, no, they put Charlie Batch. Charlie Batch was Mason and Kenny was Ben. They're That's saying, what I mean. It's, yeah. We're going to put him in the, well, we're going to put Kenny in the same boat as, as Ben. Like, as a ben. Whole, like, this is not a Hall of Fame Super Bowl winning quarterback that got hurt and is coming back for the playoffs. No, this is Kenny Pickett who has struggled. Grant has a winning record. And he has all the intangibles that we missed, that we mentioned, but he has not performed. Our offense has not looked good consistently under him, 
and it has with Mason these last three games. It's simple to me. It's I'm gonna to me. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna if you want to reply to them, it'll warm my heart. It'll warm my heart to see you reply this way. I'm gonna share with you a little graphic, and all you need to do is reply to the Kenny stands when they come at you about Kenny should be starting and yada yada yada. Just send them the graphic that I had that shows Joe Flacco has as many touchdown passes in December as Kenny Pickett has in his career. Oh my goodness. Is that is that for real? Is that a real Joe Flacco had 13 touchdown passes in December. Kenny Pickett had 13 total. I mean, wow. And that's accurate. And <laughs> that's... I'm not talking about Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes. I'm talking about Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco Flack off around the couch. and find out. Off, off the, the couch. couch. Off the couch. Joe Flack Flack. around and find out, Kenny. That's I mean. That's, that's just that's just reality. But I will give credit where credit due, but you got to understand where we stand as a team and what we're doing right now. And you're not only putting Kenny in the bad spot if you bring him in, but you're also sending the wrong message to the teammates. You're sacrificing your team. We just talked about it yesterday with Trevor Lawrence. He took it upon himself to make a selfish decision to try to sneak that ball in. And it's, it had repercussions for the entire team. If you make that decision to start Kenny Pickett after what you've seen, you're sacrificing this season and the rest. There are guys on this roster that may never play again after this year. This is right. their last chance to play in the playoffs, win a Super Bowl. Whether you think you have a chance or not, you're in the dance. Yeah, you're anything can happen once you're in the dance. Like I anything said, we've been happen. a six seed before and have made it all the way. Now, yeah. we had a better team, and it was obvious, but, I mean, who knows what can happen? Who knows what well, not act can like, happen or what not- you- which way the ball could bounce, but go ahead. Let's not act like Josh Allen is above going up there and throwing the ball the other team four times in the playoff game. So it's anything can happen, but we talked about it with the Colts yesterday. My biggest pet peeve with what happened with the Colts is you win and lose with your best players. Right now, Mason Rudolph is a better quarterback than Kenny Pickett. And this anything otherwise with this O-line. Yes. I mean, it's obvious. obvious at this point. Yeah. And so Kenny's still going to get the experience of playoff atmosphere. He will gain enough experience by just being there and going through the, the game week preparation and uh, being on the sideline. He will gain experience. And so that is the reason why you want him in. He'll get some of that. He won't get all of it, obviously, by, by uh, being the, the backup, but he'll get enough of it. And it will be good uh, motivation going into next year because and you don't want to, by you all don't accounts, want to he's Buffalo the starter. Anyways. You don't want to play in Buffalo anyways. It's going to be two degrees up there. Oh. You're going to pull in the parking lot. They're going to be throwing each other through tables. What do you think they're going to do to you? Buffalo's we, crazy. We, we might. I heard next week is supposed to be brutal as far as yes. the weather. It's supposed to be brutal all through the Midwest and Northeast. And so, but it will be one o'clock. So maybe there'll be some sun. It'll be a little better. You know what? Sunday at one o'clock. You know what would be fantastic though? What's if that? you guys win, if you guys win, and if the Dolphins beat the Chiefs, and if we beat the Texans. We get to host the Dolphins in Cleveland next week, baby. I need all three wild card teams to win this week, and the Browns get to host. You, you all still got to go to Baltimore. That's your problem. I don't care about that. But yeah, we all we got to go to Baltimore no matter what if we win. So I, um, I want that for you because I've seen talking about social media the Baltimore people popping off. They yeah. are ultra sensitive about losing that game. They were supposed to lose that game. They were supposed to. And they were still sensitive about it. Somebody they were so some sensitive. Guy, some guy tweeted me about uh, how they've outscored. They like 
compared Steelers compared to Baltimore since 2019, they have like a plus 235 and we're like minus 30. But we have the same amount of playoff wins. And we have he they have one division title. We have one. And we have a winning record. We have like a significantly higher winning record against Baltimore in that time frame. So I'm like, what is your point? Like, why are you salty after you lost the game that didn't matter to you? See, this is where we're simpatico because you and Baltimore are like me and my Browns to Cincinnati. Like, even when they're better than us in the standings, we own you. We beat you all the time. Right. You're we not relevant them. to us. Lamar and, is like two and five against the Steelers in his career. Yes. Ridiculous. Like that, that's me to Cincinnati. You saw the graphic that I so eloquently drew yesterday, the the AFC North standings that I had to share with the people so that they could see for the Kentucky right. Bengals and just where they finished. That's that's me talking to Bengals fans all the time. That's we're in the same boat. You and I are a lot alike in many ways. You're many just talking ways. to Ravens for, people. Yeah. You're talking to Bengals, people. and so and I, yeah, but and it's they're okay. angry. I like they're I like interacting. I like interacting. It, it it's fun when you get to it talk to folks. I enjoy it, but I was just a little perturbed and annoyed by some of the commentary I got back from something that seemed so obvious to me. Well, I was perturbed and annoyed at you before you played the stupid Michigan song today because I finally get a guest from Cleveland on, and I think we're going to have a good time, and you bail on me. Dude, and you, daddy and you say duties you, you say call. You can't make okay? it. Daddy duties call. I mean, there's no higher calling than daddy duties. Okay. And so mm-hmm. look, I said I put was, up with all this stuff all the time. It was it was convenient. It was obviously very convenient that I missed out on this call. And I want to talk to Ken, man. Ken seems like good people's man. I follow you, him uh, in the social space and whatnot. And so I will I, vouch I, for you that you even sent me a picture. I know that I know you're trying to not duck it because you even sent me a picture of the waiting room. Yeah, you were stuck Dude, in. I wanted you to make sure that I'm not Still missing. Like, I had Still a, BS. I was taking care of my daughter, man. She had she had the sniffles, and she's taking full advantage of being out of school. Um, but yeah, we had to go to urgent care, and I missed out on what I assumed was a great interview with your buddy, so a like minded individual, and Mr. Ken Carmen. Before we get to Ken's interview, because we'll play that back for you, your daughter not feeling well because I was just having this conversation with somebody, so I want to ask you. We were talking about how we never liked to miss school. And yeah. I'll tell you why I didn't like to miss school. It's because I wasn't allowed to do a damn thing when I missed school. No, Missing school was, was miserable. Not. You had to yeah. sit in bed. There was no television, no video There's games, no, no nothing. These yeah. kids think missing school is vacation now. They do. I, like yesterday. So she's been out of school all week. It's, it's well, it's only Tuesday. But she was she missed school yesterday. She missed school today. I go in her room yesterday. Mind you, she coughing up a lung and stuff. But. Somehow, some way, she feels good enough to turn on Netflix and watch your favorite right. show. <laughs> right. I'm like, what are you doing? No, no TV until 11 o'clock. Get your butt in bed and go to sleep. I mean, but no, like, I, we cannot watch TV. You had to drink copious Nothing. amounts of water. Like, you ate those little chicken noodle ball things with the the chicken broth. Oh, the little soup? broth. Yeah. Dude, the, my, the my grandma used to make me, my grandma. Talk about homemade uh, remedies and whatnot. I used to have to take a teaspoon of castor oil. Have you ever done castor oil before? Oh, my God. First of all, it's disgusting. But if you talk about bubble guts, it works like, (laughs) (laughs) oh, dude, like you take that castor oil and you are on the toilet for at least an hour or two. It's miserable. You're getting all the demons out of you. 
Yeah. There's no, yeah. there's no remedy. You're, you're flushing Dude, the system. You're flushing the system out. She wants to take everything that might be and might not be ailing me and get it all on my body. So <laughs> Trey goes to the doctor for his physical. When's the last time that you had a colonoscopy? When did grandma give you that stuff to flush that house? <laughs> oh, castor oh. oil. Castor oil and then some Alka-Seltzer and some 7-Up. Those are always oh. like the, the I homemade never, remedies. You want to know what the funny thing about it is, though? I never wanted to miss school as sick, right? And then, and this is just me being, I guess, a terrible human being. About, I'm so thankful my kids take after their mother. In their school ways because they like get good grades. I got to the age where like school was my place of socialization. I went there to like see my friends, play my sports, good right. enough to get by, was what it was. And then my senior year of high school, football season was over. I was like, what the hell am I still doing here? Like I skipped 56 <laughs> days of school my senior year of high school. Oh, yeah. I did just boy. enough to work. Oh, yeah. But see, here's what we did in Ohio, there's certain classes you have to take your senior year. You had to have like principles of democracy and something else. So I scheduled those periods two and three. And then I also worked in the office for first period, like with the secretaries and stuff, me and another uh -huh. guy for the football team. So periods two and three, I would have principles of democracy or whatever. So the days that I didn't just fully skip, I would go through principles of democracy and then leave. And we would like go to the YMCA and play basketball. Y'all could leave school? Like we that was legal? To. We weren't supposed to, but we did because we no. weren't even allowed to leave for lunch. And no, we, then the days I that, never thought that was a thing until I left high school and I went to college and all these people could leave at lunchtime. No, freedom. I never yeah. had that. So then the days, the days that I just would fully skip school, I would call, I would keep calling the office until the guy that I worked in the office with, his name was Andy, until Andy picked up the phone. I would go to a pay phone and I would call. Andy, it's rich. I'm not going to be in today. Take my attendance card down to the attendance office. <laughs> Take it down. Me and my buddy would meet at McDonald's for a $1.99 big breakfast, oh. and then we would go play oh. basketball all day long. Dude, that's another thing we could get into later, the, the prices of fast food. I remember oh. the two-for-four chicken sandwiches from Burger King. My go-to yep. every single time. 89-cent beef Mexi Mount from Taco Bell was where it was at for me. Dude, I had like I, two... Two for three double deckers from Taco Bell. Oof. The double decker, oh. the now extinct double decker was my. No, problem. they just bought it back in Ohio. They did? They just oh, bought the double I missed decker out. back two weeks ago. I got one. I missed out. Taco Bell. Phenomenal. We need the double, double decker, man. Double decker supreme. We need a double decker oh. in Georgia. Bring it. Hey, I'm, I think I need a snack. Can, you want to go ahead and play this interview so I can go get a drink and a snack? Go ahead, man. I want right, to let me play the interview. I want, I want you to see what Ken had to say about your Steelers and everything else in the AFC North. So let me go ahead and hit Ken for you. This one, one of the nicest guys I've come across. And funny story, I first talked to Ken for the first time. I was working uh, for the Columbus Clippers radio network. Ken was working for the Akron Arrows. Since then, he's gone on to basically be mayor of Cleveland. And... Uh, it's going to be real fun because this is a celebratory time for us. Ken Carmen show with Anthony Lima on 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland. Uh, Fox News sports anchor up there. Just Browns post-game, pre-game, everything Cleveland. Thanks for taking the time. And uh, also Michael Stanley lover, as am I. Ken Carmen, how you doing, buddy? 
Oh, Rich, everybody loves Michael Stanley, man. Thank you very much. That was a very nice introduction. My goodness gracious, it's good to talk to you again, man. You too, buddy. You too. And if you know my partner, who's not here now, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna bust his balls a little bit about this because I have to put up with all this Steelers stuff from him being a former Steeler all the time, and uh, he's not here. I guess uh, 2020 still probably lingers in his heart a little bit, and the good. the sad emojis that were flying around the internet back then, but. Um, my partner Trey Essex wasn't able to be here for this one, but I understand it's all Cleveland all the time right now. Yeah, I mean it's a beautiful moment for everybody. Uh, I think that why well, I, I, I what is it? I, I said Tuesday ten twenty three is the first knot I had in my stomach over the game on Saturday. Um, it's going to be a big one coming up. Obviously, uh, it, it's it's weird how the playoffs are in the NFL, where like in Major League Baseball. You can win 90-something games like the Brewers did and then be done in just over 24 hours. Uh, in basketball, you really get some time to enjoy the playoffs because it's a four, it, it, it's a seven-game series. You can be out in four, but it's still going to take you a week. So you get to spend some time. Like now, it's weird because you're the first game of the playoffs. So it's like, well, by 8 o'clock on Saturday, you could be moving on or cleaning out your locker, getting ready to head back home and clean out your locker. So that realization has kind of made me a little bit nervous about the game, but I, I really do like the Browns' chances in it for a multitude of reasons I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah, I want to get to the playoffs, but before we go to the playoff game against Houston, I want to rewind a little bit and let people inside of Cleveland. So for everybody listening, Cleveland, I was there at the Cavs parade, as were you, obviously, but it, it pales in comparison to anything the Browns ever do, really, if we're being honest. It's a football area. Um, I, I think people are proud of the city, and they, they're proud of the teams that are on are, are in the city. And so, anybody who wins a championship is a big deal. But I think it's a, because of the love of football, the Hall of Fame, high school football uh, in the state, and it's certainly in Northeast Ohio, the pride that people have in the game and the knowledge of the game. I think that that's that's what makes football probably a little bit more special, and that's what it in turn would make the Browns a little bit more special. Plus, the Browns. And their struggles here, you know, over the last 20 years, it's always been a proud franchise and a proud fan base. But now that it seems that they're on some stable footing, even though there's some questions for tomorrow in the future, you know, I think that that is something that a lot of people take pride in and, and certainly would enjoy with this football team. Ken Carmen, 92.3 The Fan, uh, Ken Carmen Show, Browns Radio Network in Cleveland with me right now. And Ken, I was explaining to Trey, and it's really ironic, the the biggest moments that I can remember of recent memory in regular season Browns history have both come against the Jets. The Thursday night when they opened the beer coolers, the Bud Light coolers, <laughs> and now the playoff clinching win. Would you say that a- that's accurate? And can you describe what Cleveland was like that night when they clinched the playoffs? Because for the first time, they they clinched. We didn't need to wait until the end of the regular season for this team to do this or this team to do that. Since I, you know, ninety four, I was nine years old. Um, can you kind of tell everybody what it was like that night in Cleveland? I think it was a little bit surreal to fans. Uh, it was like it was this build up, and then they got in, and I think that people really couldn't believe because when Deshaun Watson went down, I think it was what November fifteenth that Wednesday when it was announced that he was going to be out for the year. Uh, I think a lot of people, including myself, were like, oh, boy. Like, now my goal is just to get to the playoffs. And even that seemed to be just such a tall order. And you know, DTR did his best. You know, P.J. Walker, I got nothing against P.J. Walker. Like, DTR, I, I think that there there might be some uh, excitement in there for the future. But, you know, he's a rookie. He's put in a bad spot, and he's a six-round pick, if I'm not mistaken. 
And then you have P.J. Walker, and you know, P.J. Walker's going to try his best, but whoever you draw the play up for, that's who he's throwing to, whether he's covered or not. That, that can lead to a problem. And then, like, Joe Flacco, I think a lot of people were skeptical because he was at home. He was at home. So I, I think people were, were legitimately skeptical, and rightfully so. And then to see them play so well offensively, uh, the defense, how, how good it's been. By the time the end of the game came around, like, I didn't even realize. I take notes during games partly as a, as a mechanism to calm down during the games. Kind of keeps you thinking about, yeah, it kind of keeps you thinking about the task. Yeah, that's my version of throwing the yeah. hat against the wall as you take notes. <laughs> yeah. So, so because of that, like, I, I was writing down notes, and I'm like, there's like a minute 19 left to go in the game, and I'm going, Ken, they, they have no more timeouts on three-possession games. Stop. Like, I didn't realize that. And so it took a minute for it to sink in, like, yeah, they're going to the playoffs. And now, because they were playing, I thought they were going to play Jacksonville. I think a lot of people did, too. And if they were playing Jacksonville, I thought the pressure would be on Jacksonville. They, they would have been backing into the playoffs. You beat them once, but you were at your, your place when you did. Trevor Lawrence is injured. And then they just laid an egg on Sunday. And now you have this Houston team where now they're plucky. And now you're the, you're the one that's favored to win in this football game. So you went from we're underdogs, we're underdogs, we're underdogs to favored. And now there seems to be a little bit of pressure to keep this thing going because there could be a lot of changes here over the next year. And, and I, I, I'm making no mistake about it. I, I think that Joe Flacco will not be here next year. So I'm not going to sit there and lie to myself or anybody else. I'm trying to ride this wave as long as I can. But, you know, if this, if this game doesn't go the way we want it to go, there's going to be a lot of questions for the future. And I think a lot of people just want to stave that off as best they can. Ken Carmen, 92.3 The Fan, Browns Radio Network, Cleveland, Ohio. Ken, you're around the team a lot, obviously being a part of the uh, Browns Radio Network. Can you give whatever you can about how this locker room differs for, from some of the past couple years under Stefanski? Yeah, it's the best locker room that they've had since uh, we've been the flagship of the Browns uh, for 11 seasons now. Uh, it's, it's easily the best locker room. I mean, I've, I, there's been good guys. On the, lot, on the team, I'm not saying that. Like, there's been guys I've certainly got along with and kept in touch with over the last 11 years here. You know, we've been on the air for 12 years, but, you know, we've been the flagship for 11. And you get an inside look when you're the flagship, and I host all these shows for them. And so there's guys like, like yeah, but there's times where it's like, man, like when they were 0-16, there were a lot of guys, I'm like, man, you guys are really arrogant for a team that's this bad. And, like, because you had guys on that team that were so young, they didn't know how to be professionals. So they didn't know, like, hey, man, you're just going to get replaced. You better enjoy this. And they didn't understand that at that time. But now you have a team of veterans here where you got Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's seven years in. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Denzel Ward, six years in. He's all pro. You got Joel Batonio, who Joel Batonio has a lot at stake here because you got to make playoff appearances to be a Hall of Famer as an offensive lineman. He's been one of the elite offensive linemen over his career. You have Zadarius Smith, who's in year nine. And I think that that's helped. And plus, with the way that the, the emotions have taken over, I think it's helped Kevin Stefanski bear his soul a little bit. He was always buttoned up, very Belichickian in that way, and I think it got to a point where it, it did great on a couple of the players a little bit, most notably David Njoku. David Njoku is an emotional guy, and I think that he and Kevin Stefanski have really, over the end of last year and this year, have started to understand each other so much better. And it's made for a much better situation, a much calmer situation for everybody. And it's really led to some great play by David Njoku. But because of that confidence that they all have, it's helped everybody trust each other. And it's the best, it's, it's definitely the best culture they've ever had. 
And I, I can't say because it has to start with the players. You, you can have a coach that's rah-rah. You can have a coach that's cerebral. It's always going to have to come in with the players. So I can't say enough about the, the ownership that Miles has taken over the roster that I didn't know he, had, he was capable of. I have to talk about the ownership that a lot of the other veterans have taken over the roster that I didn't know they were capable of. It, it's been a really nice thing to see it, but it blows a lot of the locker rooms just clear off the map. I mean, there's been some decent locker rooms before. There's been some bad locker rooms, uh, sad to say. Uh, but this one, this one is, this is excellent. I, and, you know, if it, if it goes to a Super Bowl, if it ends on Saturday, I, I'm going to miss it because I think they've been a treat this year. When you talk about the locker room, the players, and I don't want to miss on the coaches here, a lot of Browns fans, and it's what I love and sometimes hate about our fan base is, we are so passionate about everything, but it, we almost feel slighted so much that we're not used to being in this position. And I see Browns fans pissed right now because uh, Schwartz isn't on the head coach candidates list. And I'm, take it. Don't question it. Just be thankful. I do not want to see this man go anywhere. They are. It's well. We all want our guys to get their due, but I right. think that you're. I think you're right about that. Is that they, we want to keep them. But we also we don't know how to take it when they're not there. Like there were people attacking Jay Glazer for for his report. I'm like, well, Jay Glazer, that's a report that's not an opinion. Uh, so I'm not I'm not holding that against Jay Glazer. I, I like having Jim uh, Schwartz as the defensive coordinator. Obviously, I mean I've 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 made several comments about why I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job this year, and and people get mad at me for it. I mean I, I've I've had some nasty comments over, and I'm like, guys you should be happy about what I'm telling you because I, I think that's how the league works. Because if we're talking about meritocracy, you guys are right. Like, he, he deserves a crack because this defense is finally doing what they're supposed to do and a coach is supposed to get the best out of his players. And it's clear the former defensive coordinator was not getting the best out of these players, and Jim Schwartz is. And, I, and I've explained that to people like, ah, yeah, you know what, I guess you're right. But the league, you know, owners are finicky people, and they like their own, you know, Kyle Shanahan. Well, Jed York has Kyle Shanahan. Why can't I have Kyle Shanahan? You know, they, they, they're, they're disrespectful to each other. They're very competitive. It's very like succession in a lot of ways. You know, they want their own thing, and they want to prove that they know what they're doing. And so, yeah, they like Ben Johnson. I want my Ben Johnson. Because right. Why? Well, Mike McDaniel down in Miami. And, and, and people love him. Kyle Shanahan over in San Francisco. You know, it's Sean McVay in Los Angeles. I want my guy. So they're going to go after him. If there's a young defensive guy that they can throw in there, then that, then that can help them. And you're starting to see a little bit of a turn that way. So, I, like Lou Anarumo, Lou Anarumo should have got a head coaching look two seasons ago when they were in the Super Bowl, for crying out loud. Wink Martindale, because he looks like Rex Ryan, doesn't get any head coaching <laughs> He look. does. Why? Why? Like, why? It, it, because he looks like Rex Ryan, he has a ponytail. Some of this is a some of this is a beauty contest. Some of this is political, and there's good coaches out there that don't get a chance. And I I just wonder if an NFL owner's like, yeah, he had the Lions in the playoffs. Great, he's 57. Let's go in a different direction. Right, Ken Carmen, 92 through the Fan Browns Radio Network in Cleveland with me now. Uh, I got a couple more, and I'll cut you loose. I want to get you out of here, but it's so much fun for us to talk about the Browns this time of year when normally we're talking about Black Monday and all the other stuff that typically deals mm-hmm. with our team. So I do have to ask because my partner, again, Trey Essex, won a couple Super Bowls with the Steelers. Sometimes it's insufferable uh, when I think about the success. And even this year, they've 
found a way to still make the playoffs. And I get on their asses all the time about, will you guys please leave Mike Tomlin alone and just be thankful for what that guy is to you? Because that roster has no business sniffing the playoffs this season, and yet here you are. Um, my res- my respect for all these coaches in this division. I-, I know that might not be what you wanted to ask me, but I- my respect for all these coaches has grown. I- I've always respected Mike Tomlin. I've always respected yes. John Harbaugh. Uh, I like I like Kevin Stefanski as a person, uh, but I've had questions and concerns and criticisms of him before. I still respect him as a man. And uh, you know Zach Taylor. I I wondered if it was just the Joe Burrow. I thought he did a pretty good job. His best coaching job by far this season. Yeah, so I, I have a I I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for Mike Tomlin, but really my my respect for the entire division has grown. Absolutely, and and where I want to go with that though is now as fans, because I explained to them as a Browns fan, yes, we're brought up on we hate the Ravens for the obvious reasons. Then there's the Steelers and the old rivalry, but because of the last three to four years, I spend more time poking, and I'm in Columbus, I'm not in Cleveland, but. I, I'm probably inundated with more Bengal fans than you are up there. And that fan base is the one that just really grinds my gears the last few seasons. There were a lot of people because of Joe Burrow who wanted to be like, oh, I'm going to be a Bengals fan for the postseason. I go, I don't know why they hate you. Yeah. But up here in Cleveland, it's like it's a four-hour difference, so you get both of us. Uh, it's like, okay, it's six hours between here and Baltimore, but you know we have that connection because they used to be the Browns. Which that was another reason I got mad at Jacksonville on Sunday, but that's a totally different <laughs> The Steelers, there is a there is a such a rich history between the two teams and the two cities, and the in the closeness of them. I mean, they take buses to each other's each, each other's towns. It's a very quick trip. Uh, but Cincinnati, it's, Cincinnati's maybe the most. I know they got crab cakes in Baltimore and stuff like that, but it just seems to be the most different city out of all of them, and they kind of do their own thing down there. And I think they just, they hate us. They really, really hate us. And I go, guys, they do not need your support. They don't want it. And I, I kind of was, I was petty about it this morning. I go, where's all the Bengals fans that are supposed to support us? Are we the Ohio teams? Are we supposed to support Ohio teams? Or were we just doing that because of Joe Burrow? I told people for the three seasons, if the shoe was on the other foot, they're not going to be rooting for the Browns. That's not, exactly. not going to root for anybody, if we're being honest. No, they, that, yeah. The fan base doesn't show up. People don't realize, and what started the annoyance is they had a great team for many years in the Marvin Lewis team. And they didn't show up for that. So yeah. the the Johnny Come Latelys are really what pushed me over the edge with Bengals fans. And I, I know you're up against this, so I get you out of here. But oh, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Um, what I tell Trey all the time is it's so refreshing. And we might be right back here next year with Deshaun. And it depends on how he comes back from injury and plays. But the Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph thing, I'm so used to as a Browns fan being in the middle of that that I'm just sitting back and loving watching the Steelers. Because – I think you called it the Baker Wars, and we were 50-50 split on Baker Mayfield as a fan base, and they're right there with Kenny Pickett. There's a large contention of Steeler fans wanting to start Kenny Pickett in the playoffs this weekend. Well, I think a lot of people just want to blame Mike Tomlin for anything they can because they don't like Mike Tomlin anymore. True. Um, so they blame him for the quarterback situation, and I, I've watched it very closely. I'm going, what, do you, what did you want him to do? I, I think that a lot of people – they didn't. I don't think they liked Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph, and I don't think that a lot of people thought Mason Rudolph was going to be great. Um, they, I think that they thought that with maybe Landry Jones a couple of years ago, but not him. And maybe Trey will disagree with me on this. I'm sure he will to, to some degree. But um, I, I, Mike Tomlin is a guy who he just does anything he can to win. 
you know, I, I've been critical of the Browns before previous, in the last two previous years. I go, man, if, if somebody came down, Vince Lombardi came down and looked at Kevin Stefanski and said, you will win this game if you run Nick Chubb 30 times. I think he'd turn around and go, can you guarantee me I'd lose by not running him 30 times? <laughs> and then he'd try to do it because I think the Browns wanted to win games. Their, their way. way. And Mike Tomlin, why he, you know, there's, there's all this stuff about the knuckleheads they draft at the wide receiver position. And sometimes I think a lot of the players who have played for the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're playing alongside a legend defensively, I think we think they're better than what they really are, and they get the discount of the jersey. But, man, Mike Tomlin has done a tremendous job with that football team. And I go, you're 10-7. and seven. You were 7-7. Seven and seven. You lost two terrible football games, maybe the teams you shouldn't have. Okay, fine. But you're 10-7. and seven. I – I thought that this thing was going to rot away. I did not believe in Kenny Pickett. The media believed in Kenny Pickett. I, but I'm part of the media. I'm going, why are people talking about him being an all-pro? What tells you he's an all-pro? He's had a couple of good fourth quarters, but that's it. That doesn't last. You know, we, we talk about these guys making comebacks and having these big moments. Like Terry Bradshaw, four Super Bowls. Brother, you had to do well during the games to be a great, to be a legend. Right. And he did well during the games during the season to get them to that level. And I know it was a different time, but he had to do well during the season. Like, I'm not seeing that out of Kenny Pickett. I never saw that out of Kenny Pickett. I said his ceiling is Ryan Tannehill, and I think I'm being generous about that. And so for Mike Tomlin to grab that team and to make sure that thing doesn't go into the gutter is a tremendous coaching job, and I just don't understand why they are so critical of him over there. I think they're just – they know Spoiled. that he's not a Super Bowl team, and I, he's been there for 17 years, so I think they're bored. Great points. Ken Carmen, Ken Carmen Show with Anthony Lima, 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland, Browns Radio Network. Ken, I appreciate it again. Hopefully we can do it again and celebrate more Browns playoffs wins over the next couple weeks. And then just promise me one thing that the next time you're going to call over and uh, if you're going to do any kind of prank calls or anything to those, those guys over in Pittsburgh, I get to at least be on three-way for it. All right. I promise I will. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. Take care. You too. There it is. So refreshing. And so refreshing, um, actually, to hear the objective point of view. And granted, you guys are Browns fans, but you are not looking through the lens, I think, of a Browns fan. Or maybe you are just a tad bit. But to hear how he talks about Coach Tomlin, how on the outside looking in, we have this amazing coach who has done the most with what he can and just wants to win. Um, it was it was it was good to hear that. And I think a lot of Steeler fans miss out on that and live so much in the moment that they don't appreciate the whole of that Coach Tomlin has been over these last 17 years. And there are some gripes. Yeah, we haven't won a playoff game in a while. And he deserves – he's not above reproach. And there are some things, especially with some of the hires that he's had over the years at the coordinator positions, um, there are some – there is some deserved criticism. But – by and large, we have a Hall of Fame caliber coach who has once again done a great coaching job this year, and it's good to hear uh, somebody from the opposing sideline uh, speak highly of him and just really put things in perspective. So that was, that was cool by Ken, yeah. And that's where I had no idea where he was going to go with that because I'll tell you these things, and yeah. I don't tell them just because we're friends and to appease you or anything. It's how I truly feel about Mike Tomlin. So I had no idea where he was going to go with it when I asked him because there are, don't get me wrong, the hate is real. Like that's between the teams, the franchises, the fan bases. The hate is real. There's a respect level there. Um, but 
especially when you're looking at it from a point of view of what we are and have been, it just makes you feel like you're taking crazy pills. Like you have this gift of a guy who we talked about this on one of our first podcasts that we were doing before we came to video and they're all up on Spotify and you can listen on Spotify, iTunes, all these places. And I said to you, then we went down the schedule and at best, with the talent that's on that roster, you were looking at a seven, at very best, eight-win team this year. Not I think the over and team. under going into this year was eight and a half. Yeah. The over and under was eight and a half going into the season. And we went one by one down the schedule where are you more talented than this team? Yes or no? You more talented? And you came up, I think, with eight. I came up with seven because we differed on a couple of them mm-hmm. um, based on the timing of when they played and whatnot. The weird thing is, is a couple of the teams that – I did say you were more talented than you lost to. Like when you look at yeah. the Patriots and Cardinals, you're more talented than those teams. Well, any given Sunday. And, you know, talent doesn't always win. No, absolutely. So, no yeah. it doesn't. But yeah. the fact that you take a team, again, look at all the teams with more talent who are on the outside in looking at the playoffs. Bengals are one. Talent-wise, you can make the case about the Jaguars being more talented than Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. You can make an but, argument for that. But – Tomlin has them in the playoffs, has never had a losing record. It's just a phenomenal job by him. And part of it is I don't think you guys acknowledge enough the mistakes made by front office. You guys have been strung out with cap space for a while. Yeah, they keep on pushing the cart down the line. That's what they've done. Yeah. That's Strategically, they've done that because they, they had to balance keeping all of our great players because we had a, a lineage of great players for a long time, Hall of Fame, players during the mid to late 2000s and early 2010s and they just kept on pushing the card down the line and we have a couple of good players now tj watt and cam that we've paid a lot of money over the years and so yes we've been uh kind of hamstrung by our cap space and um that's why we haven't been able to feel the type of offensive line that we wanted to or the type of depth that comes with being a true contender like the 49ers or the Eagles and a lot of a lot of that has to do with cap space. So to fill that gap, great coaching. If you're going to build a competitive team, that gap has to be filled with something. And it usually, if you have a great coach, that's the difference between a ten and seven season or a three and thirteen season. You know. Well, and you'll see. And you'll see. First of all, the Eagles and 49ers, they are doing the same thing. They're just in the middle of it right now. The 49ers right. got bailed out by their by their seventh round pick quarterback. That's the only thing that's kept them afloat. Yeah, they they save money on that, and they're right in the middle of their window of those contracts of all yeah, those. Yeah, 49ers are lucky players. because how many franchises can miss out on a top five quarterback not and still many. be in a the position they are? I mean, Philadelphia did it, and 49ers did it. They were extremely lucky, and they made yep. some really smart and prudent decisions. And it usually came from the draft, and they come via free agency. Although Philly did a good job of picking up some guys in free agency, but usually but comes- they're both looking at three to five years in three to five years, they're going to be looking at the same thing. The yeah. Steelers are right now. And the, and this is what I'll say to Steelers fans. Be careful what you wish for, because the, 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 the further side of that is who else did what the Steelers did for the longest time. And that's the Patriots. And look at where they're at right now. Right and now you have, what did Adam Schefter put out there? Dude, like he's saying like Tomlin, He's not going to get fired. He's for sure not going to get fired after this year. He'll probably get extended or he'll be offered an extension. Schefter's saying there's a chance that he might not accept it, that he might 
either do a Sean Payton move and take a couple of years off or look and see if grass is greener somewhere else. And so that's the risk that you do when you um, come up on the last year of a contract and you don't extend it before all these rumors start getting put out there. One of the things I hate about media, I mean, is Schefter, and Schefter has built up a reputation that whatever he says gets treated as gospel. Gospel, and, and it's not. It is not all the time. And he used but, a lot of those words like NFL circles, people in NFL circles well, say and, this and are are rumoring that rumoring. Is, is that even a word? Rumoring? I'm going to use it for this. Um, it is for us. It is for it us. It is. Are rumoring that Tomlin may not accept an extension and just be done with all that is Pittsburgh because the criticism is heavy. And he is the one coach. Can you think any rookie coach could deal with this type of scrutiny for winning? So back up. This is, you know, this, they're key in cohorts when it comes to reports and media and things like that. And this was my takeaway when I read that NFL circles. Right. The first thing that popped into my head is somebody close to Tomlin is building leverage for that deal. Whatever the deal is, whether it's with Pittsburgh, somewhere else, or a TV network for a year. Because it doesn't have to be a team source. Yeah, that's true. Somebody could be saying something to, if you're on the last year of your deal, there's not a lot of leverage there. I mean, I guess technically next year is his last year. 2024 is his last year. So That's what I mean, going into the last year of your deal. Because they could decide now, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to cut bait with all these guys because we realize the roster isn't very good and we need that fresh rebuild and you're going to really hit the reset button and we're going to drive your value down because in a lot of ways the Steelers need to rebuild. They're they're hovering. But this is no, this and, is a rebuild. This is we no, are no no. No look, matter how much you try let me explain. to explain this is a rebuild. Off, a this rebuild. is a rebuild. No. We don't we got the only big contract we have is TJ Watt. Cam's about to come off the books here pretty soon. And then who else? Mika? So cap space you know, is coming around. And you're going to do with Cam exactly what you did with Ben. If Cam decides he still wants to play, you're going to pay him. And if TJ Watt sees all the other deals that these defensive ends are getting, you're going to pay him. And if I mean, Mika wants to play... Get, as the cap continues to rise and we still have a rookie quarterback on the roster, we'll, we'll still have cap space. That's the part that's coming around. Like the cap salary held that we've been over the years is starting to rectify itself a little bit. And that's why I call this a true rebuild. We are still competing while fielding young talent. Look at the offense. It's all guys that we drafted and, and free agents stop gaps. This, no, it just doesn't look like other rebuilds. It's There's no, rebuild. like, it doesn't have to be um, like Philadelphia. Did they have a true rebuild? No. I mean, they won a Super Bowl, fired Doug Peterson, had a mediocre year, came back, and now they're, at, went to the Super Bowl last year. Now they won 11 let's, games this year. Let's not glaze how, how, how they got there, though. They got lucky. Oh, it was they drafted well. It, the draft is always a crapshoot, and how you implement those players. You missed. You missed on your quarterback. They missed one, but then they they want they got back the next year and got Jalen Hurts, and so no, they got. But the one. Steelers missed on their quarterback because at, the jury's as of still right out. now, <laughs> you missed on your quarterback. We missing our quarterback, and, uh, and that's fine. We could draft so another. So now you're. <laughs> First of all, you need to hit on your offensive coordinator. We need to hit on our offensive coordinator and offensive line. Like, so I, 
you know my philosophy. You got to build the trenches first. You got to build with. Yes, inside. absolutely. And so and that's um, um, that's always a tough thing to do. You got to get the right O line coach, right D line coach, and get the right guys. And I think if we get another Broderick Jones type of player, um, I think we're going in the right direction because so I think that kid is really good. You're still if if you were able to. So I think they have to hit on an offensive coordinator, and we're going to do a lot of off-season stuff. So right. this will be ever ebb and flow and changing based on as you know transactions are made. Offensive coordinator and quarterback, because that defense is getting older. You can draft secondary. You can build depth on offensive line and defense. There's going to be a number of quarterbacks available that's an upgrade this year. Yeah, and the defense isn't as old as it used to be. Cam is our statesman. Obviously, TJ Watt miles on those cars, and TJ just got hurt again. TJ got hurt. Um, TJ, and we got TJ's like the brand new 2020 lease that you don't realize you got in his 2024 now, but you you, you drove it 30,000 miles a year. He's only he's this is only the second time he's really gotten significantly. He missed time last year, obviously, but. I think he gets a bad rep about being injury prone because obviously he wouldn't be able to put up the career numbers that he's has if he's been on the sideline hurt. Um, and throughout his the career. other thing where it's where you guys are in a tougher position of, and we all are every every team in our division. Our division is the best division in football. Right. Hands down, there's it is the best division in football. Mm-hmm. So that that makes it even tougher. And if you're Mike Tomlin. And the two most sought after guys would be Mike Tomlin and Jim Harbaugh in NFL circles. Oh yeah. This year. And you sit you back think, and you look. So you think some of Tomlin's people is putting that out there maybe to, to gain some leverage? I think, I think they could be, okay. I think it would be smart to, I think it would be smart to test waters, whether it be TV. And then you see, so if I'm Mike Tomlin, I sit back, I look, well, I want to throw out some coach because Mike Rabel just got fired. Yep. And Mike Vrabel just got fired this morning, so he's a part of the tennis. That's not a place for Mike Tomlin, I don't think. I think Tennessee's in the same place where you guys are at now. They were just in the worst division where coaching was keeping them afloat. They overpaid the wrong people. Derrick Henry got old quick. They traded and, A.J. Brown away and did not yep. hit on that pick when they traded him away. Yep. Tra- Tra- Travion Burks or whatever his name is, was not, is not that guy. But right. um, So we, that's, yes. that's not a place for him. We got six total vacancies. Tennis, aforementioned Tennessee. We got the Chargers in LA, which heard his wife, Mrs. Tomlin, loves LA. That's the rumor that's going out there. Washington. I mean, that's Tomlin's old stomping grounds. He loves, yeah. He loves that area. Uh, we got Carolina, Tepper, history with Pittsburgh, former uh, uh owner, minority owner with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Likes to throw drinks on people. Likes to throw drinks on people, but I mean what a hobo. He, he, he wants doing? he wants the Panthers to be the Steelers, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gives. I've already gone down that route. So did Jimmy Haslam. Yeah, we got the Falcons down here in the ATL. Who Arthur Blank? That's the write one. a pretty big check, and they have that's the one. A lot of talent. They have a lot they of talent. talent. They're just they're just missing a they QB. Play in a, they play in a crap division, right? And, and they, they have assets. Like you, you have assets where you go get. And this is where I sent you the any given Sunday clip. Him and Mason Rudolph could do some things in Atlanta. <laughs> Bring Mason Rudolph with me to, to ATL. 
Bring Mason Rudolph to the ATL. Bring Mason to uh, Magic City. (laughs) Give him a one or two year deal and then draft a quarterback. And then we got the Raiders, which I think that job. Pierce is that guy, right? I think Pierce is that guy. I I don't think Oakland makes the 10th mistake again in a row because they did it with Hugh Jackson. They did it with Rich Basicia. Um, They went other after their interim coaches had success. Everybody in that locker room is vouching for Antonio Pierce, so I think he gets that job, and uh, Mark Davis finally listens to his team. And then we got a couple of question marks. Yeah, so let's and, – and this is – if I'm Mike Tomlin, and you start putting this stuff out now, because now college football season is over, so the Harbaugh team is going to be steady on the train because Harbaugh probably wants the Chargers too. Yeah. And for me, Mike Tomlin, if he were to choose to leave – Pittsburgh, it's two stops. It's Chargers, Falcons, or TV. You don't think for whatever that that new ownership, that new ownership can write a big old check. Yeah, but I don't know how much Magic Johnson wants involved in in a football business and things of that nature. So I look at I look at those, and that's that's about as unstable an ownership group in like situation like they're still transition they haven't even they don't even know what their name's going to be next year <laughs> you know then they settle on the commanders or is this under review every two or three well years? now they're talking about going back to the redskins really i didn't even hear that yeah. okay yeah they're talking about going back to the redskins i'll have to look it up we'll uh we'll do a little research before our next show because right. we typically just sit down here and if whatever flies off our head comes out but they don't have a quarterback there. They've got assets, but I think Washington is in the rebuild now. I mean, you just trade away Chase Young. Like, they're they're picking up – I think they want that young coordinator type. They're not a win-now, ready-to-win organization, I guess. The Chargers are. The Falcons could be mostly because of that division and the talent that they have. If you, if you go down there and you get Mike Tomlin to put a, a good defense in – and find an offense coordinator that's going to follow you down there to really highlight Pitts and Bijan mm-hmm. in Atlanta, and then you get the Steelers to come to town next year and beat them, that would be like a dream scenario right. down there. I'm going to give you five names. Five names that you tell me if they'll be a head coach somewhere and where you think they might be, okay? Uh, Mike Vrabel will be a head coach next year. No. Okay. Ben Johnson. Uh, one caveat. I think there's one job Mike Vrabel could take, and that's New England, and that's it for next year. What about Ohio State? Would you take him they're at not Ohio firing State? Ryan. No, I would take him at Ohio State, but they're not firing Ryan Day this year. Yeah, I know. Okay. So that's so, why I think Vrabel will sit out a year. He'll see. So Vrabel. If, if unless, Ryan Day loses to Michigan again this year. Ben Vrabel. Okay. Yeah. So. Vrabel, no, unless New England opens up. Okay. Uh, Ben Johnson. Yes. I think Ben Johnson – I think Ben Johnson is looking at Atlanta. Okay. Uh, Bobby Slowick. I've heard his name go around a lot. He might be like that Steichen type hire or something. There's going to be a lot of – there's going to be more openings. So You think so? I think okay. it's one of those names that's just very popular in circles where somebody will take a flyer on him. Okay. Uh, Jim Schwartz. No. You're this, hoping. Is nothing to, 
Well, I hope not, but it has nothing to do with the Browns, and that's what Ken and I talked about. The NFL doesn't like retread coaches anymore. Yeah. Especially 57-year-old retread coaches who have proven themselves to be better coordinators than head coaches. I agree with that. I think he need to, needs to stay where he's at. Uh, who is my – who's another – uh, Aaron Glenn. No, because Detroit's defense just wasn't that good down the stretch. Okay. All right. Uh, any names that I missed that you think might get a head coaching job next year? Um, the enemy. You think the enemy gets one despite I mean, the fact? Sam Washington. Howell was leading the league in passing for the majority of the year in passing yeah. numbers. No, I agree. I think, again, he's another one of those names that have interviewed enough where somebody could finally give him a shot, where I don't know. Um, if not, I think if he's not a head coach next year, he will be back in Kansas City after the debacle with their offense this year. They'll get so, rid of Nagy. Okay. Um, the the OC, I just saw his name the other day, but I can't remember what it is. But the, the Dolphins OC, uh, obviously with the way Miami put it this about. year, he's going to get looked at, but – it's the same, the enemy, Kansas City, yeah, Chiefs. Like he is OC only in title, not in actual execution. I think the way Miami ended the season really hurt them, and I think it was proven how important Tyree Kill is. That you're not going to go somewhere and get Tyree Kill on your team, right, dude? And I don't think, and we'll talk about this later on in the week as we preview the NFL playoff matchups this week, but I think they're going to have a tough time scoring in Kansas City this weekend. I truly do. That defense is good, and it's going to be like two degrees, which a warm weather teams historically do not do well in the cold. So, Yep. I um, Jobs that I think will come open sooner rather than later within the next two years, and this is why I say Tomlin would be best served sitting out a year and going into TV, although unlike Cower, he will actually go back into coaching. Because everybody for the longest time, the Browns were going to interview Bill. The Browns were going to hire Bill Cowher seventeen times. Like I don't know if you remember that or not, but Bill. Cowher I remember was, that. Yeah, he, he, he said the no. Coach seventeen. Yeah, and he was he definitive was every single time. Like he, he didn't even hint at it. Yeah, and for personal but reasons, the but Bears uh, will probably come open this year. The Bears you think so? will come open this year. You think ever? I think so. Okay. Um, I wouldn't put it past the Bears. I had this weird feeling that if the Bears don't fire their coach or move on from their coach, I think they're giving it one year and Lincoln Riley will be there eventually if they draft Caleb Williams. So that's a lot of ifs. That's a lot of moving parts right there. It's, I, think I don't think, they, I don't I think, think USC is going to fare as well in the Big Ten as they think they're going to. No, I don't think so. Just that the amount of travel alone is going to be an issue for them. Right. Um, Everflus, if that's how you say his name, uh, I think they keep him unless unless they can get Jim Harbaugh. Like, they'll work behind the scenes to see if he really wants to come on board. And if he's not, or if he's really looking at the Chargers job like everybody thinks so, they'll they'll stay with. uh, And those are the two jobs – those are the two jobs for Harbaugh, I think, is Bears, yeah, that defense did Bears and Chargers. And, and where I think the Bears have too. the upper hand, I think I think Harbaugh is weird enough to where he looks at things like 
well, I don't want to take a shot at the Super Bowl away from my brother. I think he wants to go to an NFC team. Hmm. Like the way that I think he liked the attention of the Harbaugh Bowl. Remember when we had that and he lost right. that game uh-huh. and stuff like that. Like I think little stuff like that just he strikes me as a guy that that stuff matters to him. And uh, who has it better than us? Nobody. That's the whole. I, his 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 dad screams that during sex. Like he got up on that stage. He's he's got Mrs. Harbaugh in a chokehold. Like who's got it better than us? It's terrible. I like to say it actually. I like to see old man Harbaugh up there with his sons. It's, it was kind of cool to see. I will it's say. a cool moment. Yeah, like yeah, it was, it's cool, cool for yeah. the family. I, actually, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't watch it. At oh all. yeah, okay. I mean, you just spill the beans now. You just. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But I think I think Tomlin, if he left Pittsburgh, I think he would be it would behoove him to sit out a year and really because I think Kansas City and Seattle are coming open sooner rather than later. Kansas City and well, that's that's way down the line. We have to get into that. That's I don't like, think it's way down the line, that. and we'll talk about that later. They're just getting up there, man. Pete Carroll's old. He is old. He's he's yeah he's he's up there in age, but he doesn't act. He definitely moves now, around like a young guy. I love I love that about him. But how would you feel if Mike Tomlin coached the Patriots? Because that's dude, my sneaky. Oh my god, that's we're just, my sneaky. We're just we're just getting ridiculous now. We're just getting absolutely look. I don't crazy. even want to give. Too, we we've already stayed too long on this topic. I don't want to give too much credence to this report by Schefter. I think that's just one of those things where he wanted to add. The soap opera was kind of waning, and so he just added some spice onto it, to it just to just to rile up Steeler Nation. Now we got something this, else to talk about. It's another it's episode. A, it's been a boring couple weekends of uh, as the Steelers turn. So Victor right. comes in. We've been winning. So we got to manufacture another soap opera. You know those filler episodes where something has to happen just to get to the next episode. That's what Shepard's doing. This is yeah, that's what Shepard's doing. So, well, we got a couple days. No show tomorrow, but you can watch back yesterday's today. We're gonna do Thursday, right? We'll have another guest on Thursday. Yeah, my brother from another, Mr. Max Starks himself. I'll be there for that okay. one. Don't worry about. Yeah, I'll make sure, sure that. Yeah, my daughter will be nice and healthy by then. So we're good to go. <laughs> You're going back to school. We got a two hour podcast today. I can't wait to talk to Max about the Florida Gators. Oh, you know, he's, he's he's hurting right now about his Gators, man. He's hurting about his that, Gators. That warms my heart because they are, it's neck and neck with them in Michigan in my book. I've told you that. Okay. Like the Florida, Florida not Max, but like Florida fans. No, okay. I got you. Gator the fans are SEC thing. A rowdy bunch. But uh yeah, we get to cool. talk to him on Thursday. So I'm looking forward to that. Get you some rest. Rest those pipes. We'll do it again on Thursday. All right, my man. All right, man.